Welcome to the Alliance Party After Dark, a podcast for the politically aware brought to you by the Alliance Party. Content for this episode was recorded on July 29, 2020. And a good evening to you. I'm Dan Schaefer, producer of the podcast. This evening, we're talking with Jeffrey Allen Jean, the Alliance Party's candidate for New York State Assembly, District 44. Mr. Jean is a native New Yorker, born in Brooklyn in the early 1980s, and has been a crusader for justice ever since. Raised in a middle-class Roman Catholic family of West Indian descent, he was originally prepared for a life-serving God in the priesthood. Circumstances arose that thrust him into the urban metropolis known as New York City, where after graduating from high school at the turn of the century, he worked to pay for his own college education. After successfully running a nonprofit organization with members of his college fraternity, he launched into the business world of corporate America in 2006, where he worked with the Fortune 100 company New York Life, primarily in its securities division. The crash of 2008 coincided with his obtaining his securities license, where he struggled through a downtrodden market to make a name for himself on Wall Street, working first at Spartan Capital and then at Friedman Schneier and Dimension Capital slash WTS proprietary. After accumulating the necessary wealth to become a homeowner in New York, he was driven by his love of serving his fellow citizens toward the field of behavior analysis, where he works every day to help better the lives of the big city's autistic and underprivileged children. Mr. Jeffrey Allen Jean, welcome to the Alliance Party After Dark. Well, hello, everybody, and I feel a pleasure guest to be on your show. I wish you all the best, happiness, and healthiness. God bless you all. Wonderful. So um, you're running for the uh, New York State Assembly candidate, 44th District, uh, and you've had some issues, I understand, from talking to our um, political director, Tim Cotton. You've had some issues uh, getting some signatures uh, during the time of COVID. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yes, sir. Um, thank you for asking the question in such a polite manner. Um, what I have found, and my team that works with me, and we work very diligently, was my initial plan was to work with uh, colleges and universities, especially those which I had attended, Kingsborough Community College and Stony Brook University, in order to acquire signatures from fellow alumni and different people who have known um, different like political activists, um, things that I've done around Brooklyn and New York City. I'm a member of CERT, the Community Emergency Response Team, or a branch of the Office of uh, Emergency Management. We have uh, had to overlook some of the uh, measures in regards to this calamity. And um, I was hoping to get signatures from people who were aware of my community activism mm-hmm. in both those regions. But what had happened was that New York City, for the most part, shut down, as many people will be aware of, especially through the education institutions um, after March 18th, which was a Wednesday, uh, March 18th, 2020, mm-hmm. where pretty much almost all um, effective emergency workers and um, non-essential staff, as they stated, um, at New York City schools would be um, not allowed to be at the schools. Right. And um, don't worry, everybody, because they sent home essential staff March 19th, which mm-hmm. was the next day. They not only sent them home, but they didn't allow them to show up to work. Mm. So I think they wanted essential staff for March 18th, maybe to clean out their lockers or something. It's been shut down since. And it's been very difficult. I have received mailings. Uh, I've received letters from the New York City, um, you know, Board of um, Elections, in regards to um, mail-ins, 
different things of a sort, very confusing. A lot of these things are brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, I was prepared to meet people and interact with my fellow citizens or individuals in order to tell them about the Alliance Party's essential goal, which is to not only improve the United States of America, and we have a wonderful presidential candidate who, with his plans, I am a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, Rock Ideal of Not only. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. And, um, you know, I'm a future, especially his emphasis on distance learning um, in order to deal with, you know, um, if I go to work, I would have to wear a hazmat suit. So maybe in order not to scare the kids and not to have it be all, you know, right in their face every single day, that maybe distance learning where we can both be comfortable and kind of try to simulate what was our natural environment, not permanently, but just Mm -hmm. temporarily, until we can all, as as as, as a planet together, uh, recover from the situation, I think that might be most effective. So I completely agree with him in that regard. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to um, not only spread that message, but the message of unifying uh, different groups that feel disassociated and disconnected that have a political voice underneath the veil and the great umbrella of the Alliance Party. Mm-hmm. That was my main goal. And it was prevented by... Um, New York City. Uh, I'm not going to um, uh, blame anybody, but I can say that um, our mayor, um, Mr. de Blasio, um, has had um, very um, interesting behavior. And um, I, I do respect everything that uh, Governor Cuomo has done. Um, a friend of mine, whose name I might as well name, uh, Kareem Nesbitt, was a player when Governor Cuomo coached him um, a little. It was a little league baseball team. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he actually introduced me uh, to him as they got older. This was right before he became governor. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and either way, I, I, I respect, obviously, the office immensely, but I just think that maybe things could have been done a little bit differently. Yeah. So I'm done, and you can ask me any further questions. Well, you, uh, I guess from from what our prior conversation, you were talking about the possibility of gathering signatures at the schools, but now that the yes. schools were uh, were shut down, mm-hmm. essentially, or you know, furloughed, well, not furloughed, but they mm-hmm. were, you know, nobody was allowed to be there anymore. That uh, a little bit kind of put the kibosh on your signature. Now you had to you had to gather what fifteen hundred signatures at least in order to get on to the ballot. Yes, I believe it was fifteen hundred was the minimum. I can honestly tell you um, that I had, we had slated about 2,500 signatures at Kingsborough alone. Mm-hmm. It has a student body of, um, it only has a student body of about 10,000, but it has an alumni body of about 22,000, and I've known a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I was going to be able to get signatures through that, through uh, other organizations that I belong to, as I mentioned, CERT. I'm a member of certain um, fraternal organizations, and I feel that I would have been easily able to garner the necessary signatures and more than likely the um, support needed to run an effective campaign. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, Governor Cuomo Uh, was, uh, he had reduced uh, the signature gathering requirements for, I think it was for. presidential and possibly for the u.s congress by something like 70 percent so were your were your signature requirements reduced as part of that because you're running for the state assembly you know you stating that to me sir is the first time that i've ever been made aware of it so i have to do further research in order to find i've I've never heard this until you just stated to 
Yeah. Now. Well, Cuomo, wow. I think he. I didn't know. Yeah, I think he had, uh, and and I'd have to go back and check my numbers, but I know that he was mm. one of the governors out there. I know that uh, neighboring governor mm. uh, Phil Murphy uh, mm. in New Jersey, across the river from you, I think he asked actually allowed mm. people to uh, do signatures electronically. Which isn't a cure-all, but uh, but it was uh, it reduced the uh, necessary face-to-face um, um, type of. This, uh, um, this, 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 um, I, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. This individual's name is Governor Bill Murphy. Phil, Phil Murphy from New, from New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, Phil Murphy from yeah. New Jersey. Yeah. I'm sorry. I remember we used to have the um, we used to have the big guy. I forgot. He was. Um, Oh yeah, Chris Christie. Handle. You mean from uh, yeah, Cross Chris River? Christie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something over a, a, a bridge, or something, something like that. So I see. Okay, so I will definitely do my due diligence and research. You yeah. understand? Yeah. I've been swamped with so much work. I have to oh yeah, yeah. Kids every day. Well, I but, didn't. I didn't know if that actually reached down to the state assembly level, though. That, that's why I was asking because I know it was. It was. It affected like uh, members that were running for U.S. Congress, but I didn't know if it got I down see. to like the state assembly level. So. Um, okay. So uh, wait, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But before you stated anything, mm-hmm. I want to um, let the Alliance Party members and everybody who knows me know that I one of my greatest traits is perseverance. I'm not going to let any type of little snafus with mm-hmm. um, electioneering interfere with me getting on the ballot. Sure, I can almost. I don't like to, you know, I don't mean to be, you know, Joe Namath. Or something and make guarantees, but I can almost guarantee you that I will be on the ballot as long as it's physically possible. Good, good. Well, when you say Joe Namath, I think most of the millennials out there are saying, Who's that? So we <laughs> <laughs> I know who he was. <laughs> I know who he is. Yeah, but... I'm a big you remember the fur coat on Thailand with me? What was that? He wore a fur coat. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was so cool. That was so uh, cool. That was quite some time ago. That was, uh, we have to pick a quarterback that's more uh, contemporary, <laughs> yeah. though. Oh, he's, yeah, exactly. He's right, a guy right. from uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he's, he's like, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, Let me see. Oh, uh, the guy who played, what? You mean back when Joe Namath played? That would have been oh, no, no, no. Joe Namath played uh, Alabama. Yeah, no, I mean, the I'm guy's playing uh, quarterback for um, Kansas City Chiefs right oh, now. You mean Patrick Mahomes? Mahomes, yeah, Mahomes. that's it. Yeah, he's really popular. I'm, yeah. I'm in Missouri yeah. right oh, here. He's wonderful. Yeah, I'm even on the uh, St. Louis side of the state here, and he's really popular over I'm here, a too. Kansas City, I've been a Kansas City Chiefs fan since 1993. All right. Oh, well. Yes, I had to deal with all those tough playoff home losses mm-hmm. that we have to suffer. Yeah, for the Colts, for the uh, Titans. Never mind. I don't want to get too much into sports, <laughs> but I'm a huge just, sports fan. We just digress there for a little Chiefs while. But I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Yeah, oh, exactly. good. Okay. Yeah. So you um, can you describe your work? You you, you say you're mm-hmm. you're involved in the education uh, system. Yes. Um, and yes. I it just a little bit of background uh, that uh, was available to me from our um, political director Tim Cotton um, okay. said that you were involved in uh, um, doing a lot of the work with uh, social distancing within the school system. There, could you elaborate on that a little yes. bit more? Yes, I can say this, that after March 18th, uh, we couldn't really meet or interact with kids. So um, the Department of Education decided to resume. I did question that because I'm a little bit of a, a little bit of a tech geek, and I did know that Zoom had been uh, noted and labeled about eight years before as somewhat unsecure for holding like um, mm-hmm. meetings that might involve personal or private information. Sure. Hence, I wanted to make sure that Use our more secure. So 
they kept using Zoom because I don't really have any standing within the department. I'm an independent contractor and a behavior analyst. Mm-hmm. But um, they did it for about three or four days, and it did not work out very well. And um, eventually it got hacked. So I recommended oh. Cisco. Yeah. I don't know what got hacked by this. Is, that's all secret uh, information that they were not willing to disclose to me. But mm-hmm. I told them use this system. It's an internet. It works on a secure server. Cisco WebEx meetings. Everybody should use it. If you want to conduct sessions, you can buy on to their different contracts and things of the sort. But it worked for the Department of Education to the point that now we can actually conduct a lot of our sessions. I work in the field of behavior analysis, meaning I work with a lot of kids under the spectrum, the autistic spectrum, ASD, mm-hmm. which means um, there used to be autism, Asperger's, and different um, mm-hmm. disabilities, but um, we tried to clump everything under the different sectors um, and sections, but now it's more specific. So there are kids with learning disabilities, kids with what we call ID, intellectual disabilities, kids with um, speech-language issues, some mm-hmm. kids who are mute, um, I believe kids who were blind, I worked with kids who had hearing issues, a lot of different fields that um, we cover within the um, Department of Education. I hope that I was I was also part of a, a relatively large team of about 16 to 20 other engineers and experts in order to make sure that, you know, um, well, mostly they were dealing with the technical um, aspects of it to make sure that the kids could hear mm-hmm. the session, if the kids yeah. were audible. And if they were not audible or able to hear, then it would be necessary to have them view it visually, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Because, that, you know, you have to get that stimulus. Some of the kids who were audible only were also, um, you know, kids who were visually disabled or blind. Yeah, that's a challenge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. And I've been working in this field for about seven years. I really do enjoy it and I really do appreciate it. And I love the responsibility that I've been given, and I've taken that very seriously. And, um, yeah, that's what I do. I'm an ABA okay. therapist. I'm not trying to brag. Uh, I might as well brag a little bit. Mm-hmm. I have four master's degrees. I graduated uh, Capella University. Well, that was a 3.2 GPA. Um, I graduated Ashford, magna cum laude, and summa cum laude. Summa mm-hmm. cum laude from my bachelor's, magna cum laude. From my um, master's magnet, but remember you have to have a GPA above 3.9. Mine was 3.94, just above, just below 4.0. Wow! But you know, yeah, yeah I know. That's I still that's... clench my fist at that. No, you know, I don't think about 3.94. I just think about I was 0.6 points below 4.0. Yeah, yeah. I'm that type of person. Wow, that's that's quite good. It's quite so. Um, it, you 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 mentioned before that you were doing some community activities and community organizing. Yes. What uh, could you yes. describe what you're doing there? Because that that sort of gives me some insight to. as to what's you know what's really going on in your area and uh, what's okay. important. So yes, I live in the area of Dipmas Park West, Brooklyn, New York. Um, I'm a member of CERT. We call us uh, Brooklyn South CERT. We have a website, CB14, Brooklyn South CERT. For anybody who needs to be there, I should be on the front page. There, but they just snapped a photo. Uh, we work. We work with a lot of community groups. I've worked at food pantries, cooling centers. This is within the past three months. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to ensure that people during this pandemic, a lot of people are suffering. You have no idea. Um, the situation in places like Elmhurst and Corona, Queens, and in areas of the Bronx really does need um, 
more introspection. A lot of people there are suffering yeah. very badly, including, you know, I have love for all my fellow Americans, um, whether they're documented or undocumented. Florida Queens has a large percentage of undocumented um, American citizens, and I know sometimes you might call them illegal immigrants right. and things yeah. of the sort, but a lot of those people are the backbone of that community, yeah. and they are suffering. And um, I'd like to bring awareness to that point and mm-hmm. the fact that we work with a lot of these communities and try to make sure that, you know, um, as much is done to care for, you know, a fellow human being. I'm a New Yorker. I really, I care a lot about my fellow New Yorkers. So, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we do everything that we can to help. I work with the Brooklyn South Cert. Our team chief is Glenn Wallen. I can give you his number um, a little bit off air. So that way, you know, it'll protect his privacy somewhat. But he's a great guy. You can talk to him. And we organize in groups. We've had to meet via Zoom. But when we do are able to physically meet, we meet in uh, now a nice um, large church, which is right in the Flatbush area of Brooklyn. Okay. So most people who know about the Flatbush area wouldn't know where that church is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's um, one of the community groups um, also on the... Um, Yes, I'm on the Selective Service Draft Board um, at Fort Hamilton um, Parkway. And so, therefore, we usually, um, we've been meeting more so on Zoom recently because there's been talk about, um, you know, potentials to review individuals in case of an emergency situation, not necessarily a draft, but more or less an emergency draft, meaning to get people who have backgrounds in actual, um, you know, EMT helping other people to see if they can be deputized and put into positions where they can maybe do more effective good, especially mm-hmm. with some of the calamitous situations that are going on around this country. Yeah. So yeah. those are two organizations. And I had my Rolodex, I could tell you five or six other ones that I'm a member of, but it's tough to keep track. Mostly a lot of the time when I help my fellow members of the community or New York City in general, I'm working from start. Okay. Community emergency response. So, what is the um, you're running for the uh, 44th district assembly, uh, assembly. number 44? Yeah, yeah, assembly number four. So, mm-hmm. what are the important things? I mean, we, we we obviously we know that there's a tremendous amount of strain these days due to the COVID yes. virus, and yes. uh, and and uh, so we can talk a little bit about that, mm-hmm. but there are some underlying yeah. issues as well. So could you hit upon some of those issues that uh, are important to your district? Would you like me to hit on the, uh, some, uh, well, the underlying issues before I talk about sure. the healthcare issues? Sure. Some of the underlying issues are obviously, number one, rent. And um, a lot of the uh, younger generation in that particular area of Fort Hamilton Parkway are having difficulty affording rents because um, well, in lower Manhattan, there's rent control, right? In that area, there's no rent control, which means um, housing prices are spiked. A lot of um, younger people who work in lower Manhattan, maybe in the finance region, I worked on Wall Street for five years, by the way, mm-hmm. from 2008 to 2013, Spartan Capital, Friedman Schneer, New York Life, you name it. And um, a lot of young people are being prevented from actually getting a chance to really make their way. It's not like the 80s where... It seemed like, you know, everybody was getting a chance. Nowadays, it's very close off. So they are having difficulties with their rent. The rents are not being protected. You can see studio apartments in that area going for over $1,400 per month. For a studio, wow. For a studio, a studio. Zero bedrooms, zero bedrooms. You sleep in the kitchen. 
go sleep in the bathroom. Yeah. And that's what, that, that's really what they, they, we call them the matchbox apartments. Wow. And yeah. these are um, some of the underlying issues. Also issues, lack of funding for schools, lack of spacing for schools, lack of sanitation for schools. I've worked in some of those schools. Some of those places are disgusting. And there really needs to be a direct look into them, just an inspection. Just, you remember, like, you would always see the TV series in the past, surprise inspections, pop yeah. quiz. Why not a surprise inspection on one of those places? I guarantee you, if they do that, uh, I can point out 15 places. If they do that, 10 of those places would be closed tomorrow. Wow. They do surprise inspection on some of these schools. Absolutely well, disgusting. Why are they not being inspected right now? Is it just... Uh... Well, because there's such a bureaucratic overhead, and if you want to get anything done, you have to go to six or seven different offices. I've had to do that myself mm. several times just to get something done. And trust me, it's going to take about two or three months, and in that time, um, some of the places are going to be able to just pump money in or beg for money to clean themselves up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, this stuff really tugs at my heartstrings. Um, yeah. I had a friend, um, who was mine. Uh, we uh, created this nonprofit organization. The original name was the uh, Juvenile Achievement Foundation. Uh, we since split off. I have um, the um, Ascension Society, my nonprofit. Our main thing was to give young people a chance. A chance. Um, we focus on the age group from 14 to 16 in order to ensure that this is what they call the juvenile delinquent age, in order mm-hmm. to ensure that they had after school centers, science centers, museums, places where they could learn vocational skills for work, places where kids who had uh, trouble reading could go, places where kids who were in impoverished neighborhoods could go and maybe they could escape some of that violence. We're having a midnight basketball. We used to have midnight arcades. We spoke about a lot of these things, and we got a lot done in the world. And this is going back to 2005. Hmm. So it kind of tells you, I can get you all the paperwork that you need on Hmm. that. And it was about every single person. Wow. We met through that, and this was a lot of what we were um, looking at. We are all responsible for the next generation coming up, and if it's just going to be degradation and greed, that's not the nature of capitalism. Right. The nature of capitalism actually to build something. And let's face it, even if you look at royal families and everybody despises them, they still do have the legacy of having dynasties, the dynasty of mm-hmm. passing on to the next generation something of prosperity, and you know, most of them seem to be happy. Why can't everybody else do that? Yeah. Well, I, I I would argue too that I mean, the, uh, capitalism is is not necessarily about building things. It's about uh, maximizing profit. So, yes, it th- is. There has to be well, maximizing um, profit to the um of uh, the, to the point of supply and demand. Yeah. Meaning that if people don't want what you're selling, they're not going to buy it. Right. So it is a fair market. I know it's a lot fairer than socialism. Right. But when it comes to rent, though, there's really a kind of a captive audience, though, isn't there? I mean, you you when you keep jacking yeah, up exactly. the rent and you collaborate yeah. with people in the neighborhood to bring the rents up, you know, there really is right. no fair competition in a sense. You know, really would require. It really uh, isn't. Yeah. You know, um, Vladimir Putin. Oh, not Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Lenin. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote an interesting paper. This was probably in like. I think it was 1904, 1905. It was called imperialism, the last stage of capitalism, mm. meaning if you drain the domestic economy, you would have to go overseas in order to find different capital markets. He was using the United Kingdom, Britain, as the perfect example. 
drain everything from Britain. You go out, you go to South Africa, you go to India, you eventually have some opium wars, you go to China. But you create, you build your, your economy, and you can even disperse populations in Australia and Canada. Mm-hmm. So he did have that view, but I do think that if capitalism handled responsibly, can be it is the thing that offers the best prosperity, in my view, uh, to, to to mankind. Unless they can, um, you know, I mean, there are other different systems, but all those have interesting backgrounds. Mercantilism, you know, we can't go back to barter and trade, socialism or communism, and I'm still, you know, I've been studying that for like 15 years. I still can't wrap my mind around what that is. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, I know what capital. Yeah, I know what capitalism. So that's why I felt comfortable. I work on Wall Street in New York. Okay. So obviously, I'm a capitalist. Well, it's uh, when, when you were talking about uh, uh, about the writings of what was that of Vladimir Lenin. Um, it reminded me of mm-hmm. this, this book. I don't know if you heard of this. Heard of this book from a guy named John Perkins. It's called The oh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman. And he talks about that yes. precise same I thing. I have the video. Where, yes, yes, yes. Where they went to the third world countries and they worked yeah. through the um with the World Bank and the IMF, and they gave them these ridiculous loans. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a fascinating, right, it was somewhat depressing book. Pony Chapel. Uh, pardon me? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh-huh. oh, no, it was Pony, Pony Chapel. Yeah. It was like, it was, uh, it was like, it was, it was almost like a little bit of an inside oligarchy where yeah. they had the yeah. inside people at the top, and they were picking on these unfortunate People, I don't mean to steal your thunder and take that, but when you said that, I do know extensively about that work. I actually wrote a couple of term papers on it. Oh, wow. Okay. When I was in college. And uh, yeah, and um, my brother in law, his name is Hal Snar, Hal Snar, PhD. Please check out his website. Um, he's a great guy, he's a PhD economist. Um, and I remember going back and forth, and it was uh, basically nations that maybe didn't fully understand um, 20th century capitalism mm-hmm. and might have been in a more traditional mode were then told these false promises, which can be seen as like misleading, I guess the most extreme thing. You could say it would just be blatant fraud, but um, that put a lot of our countries in debt. And a lot of those countries, I remember reading the World, fact, the World um, Bank Fact Book, in mm-hmm. 2004, and it showed the poorest countries in the world, and the number one and number two better countries in 2004, I usually would ask people to guess, but number one was China, number two was India. Wow. Guess what? In 2012, yeah. yes, in 2012, I read the same fact book, right, produced by the same company. Mm-hmm. Now, the number one the, the number one and number two debtor nations in 2004 were the number one and number two creditor nations, meaning that they had the biggest surplus in 2012. Huh. And you know what they did in those eight years in between? No. Nothing. Nothing. They signed three or four contracts with the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. Huh. That was it. And it got things... And the... Um, I think there's some World Economic Council, something of the sort. One of those Davos groups, I don't know, Bilderberg, Council of Revelation, something of the sort, Trilateral Commission. One of those groups, they signed something with them, and it got everything reversed. So, um, yeah, so, um, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, but please tell me about the question yeah. of an economic people. No, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you were able to expand upon that, because that's... Uh... 
I, I read that yeah. book when it originally came out, and now it's called the new, uh, uh, the new Confessions of an Economic Hitman. So he's got more information. Oh, about, okay. So, well, I got it. Yeah. Thank you again. Yeah, he's, you're a really smart guy. No, I'm going to check that out. Hold up, wait. <laughs> I want to make sure I have it on. Hold yeah, up. Uh, you don't have to hold up. You can continue talking. New yeah. confession. No, no problem. So, yeah, I just want to make sure I have it on Google. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, let me see. I, so you've you've um, you've uh, you've identified some of the underlying yeah. conditions, and I think the the big ones you hit upon were you know rent and and uh, the the rent the, uh, education lack of education. education yeah. You know, I mean, and and and, and I'm sorry, um, but but sure, exactly. Sanitation, sanitation. Mm-hmm. This is a big issue that I have. It's a really big thing. I, I'm not really sure if you're familiar. There used to be a television series called Monk. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he was like a detective. He was like, um, he always wore gloves. He was really, he was like, he. I guess you would call that a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm a germaphobe. Mm-hmm. So, living in Brooklyn, New York, it's a nightmare every day. And I'm not blaming our sanitation department. I think that they are great. I just think that, in my view, you know, something that I would hope to do if I ever won the assembly. I would just put signs up here and there just to remind people of, you know, you can deposit, you know, um, animal waste or any type of perishables in these, um, you know, bins that are designed for them. Mm-hmm. So that way it keeps things clean. I don't like my burrow being seen as dirty. Yeah. As it is. Yes. Yeah. It, 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 it doesn't really, it doesn't really make me feel good. And so therefore, you know, just that sanitation is a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, childhood education, um, the rent, um, you know, uh, you can't, I can't really do much about the tax rate right now. Right. I really have to look at that, but I definitely want to tackle that topic. But those are some of the four provisions, and because I like to round up the five, I can also say this, is that we no longer have him as borough president, but previously, Brooklyn borough president, Marty Markowitz, said that Brooklyn he said this in 1995. Brooklyn was going to be the borough of parks in 30 years. Mm. So we have five years, and we are not the borough of parks. Mm. So I would also like maybe a look into Marty Markowitz, who was former Brooklyn borough president for about 15 years. Maybe we should look into his plan and maybe try to fulfill his dream. Yeah. Why not? He was a nice guy. I met him. He was a great guy. Yeah. Well, that would certainly Why not? help the environment, the politicians right? carry out their promises once, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So, um, so the, these, are, these are some of the underlying things uh, before COVID, right? So now we've uh-huh. got this, this worldwide pandemic going around, and it um, it's doing a lot of things. I mean, it's obviously it's infecting people, which is horrific, but on, on, on a second on a secondary level, it's identifying, or should I say, highlighting underlying other underlying issues, or maybe maybe exacerbating them. You know, and uh, I believe so. The differences uh, of of the of the of the class, you know, the wealth the wealth gap they call it. These differences are being yeah. highlighted now, um, and oh, and okay. so there's um, other, there's oh, other okay. things that are going on now with COVID. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Uh, well, well I, I know that you have a list, so let's focus on the first one that you just stated, the wealth gap. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know um, which state in the Union, of the 50 states in the United States, has the biggest wealth gap from rich to poor, my understanding? Uh, I would venture to say maybe Virginia. I don't know. That would be pretty close. No, it's New York. No. Oh. 
Really? Okay. Yes, New York State, specifically New York City. Mm-hmm. New York City, like I stated previously, I did work on Wall Street, and I find it funny, especially when they were doing the Occupy Wall Street, that you could be on the same block standing next to one person who's worth $3 billion, and then another person who's possibly worth, and this could be, a, they could look exactly the same, and the other person is worth negative $350,000 because they're underwater on their mortgage. Mm-hmm. So New York has a huge wealth gap, and that's something that is never spoken about. With all the protests, all the issues about social issues and racial issues, they never really spoke speak about the economic issue that really is, I believe, underlying. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I know Virginia, um, I don't know too much about it, and I know it might have um, issues concerning it, but I do know New York's wealth gap is almost gross. G-R-O-S-S. And I don't mean like overall value. I mean like gross, like disgusting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I feel about it. The the, the wealth gap here is obscene. And uh, the the haves, it's not even a haves and have nots. I just think it's, um, it's really, some people come here and they know what they are going to do. And some people come here and they're dreamers and, it's never been really, I think education in that respect might be an underlying yeah. issue, like economic education. Well, so the wealth gap is is being, again, I'm saying these are things that are being um, um, highlighted or, or exacerbated uh, mm-hmm. by the COVID uh, virus, right? Because when people don't have wealth, they tend to live in these studio apartments we talked about earlier. Yes crunched further yeah. you know together um yeah. fewer resources um all stacked on top of each other so um yes. viruses love that type of environment right so this is where we're yes. getting into You're issues right with that, uh, yeah. with the uh, it's it's a health great, gap really right now point. so mm-hmm. yeah so what other what yeah, other types yeah. of uh, issues are you seeing being exacerbated uh by the con- by the corona or the covid uh, well, one of the issues that I do see is because of the immense closure of businesses, you have a large population of the unemployed discontent, especially young men and young women who find that the only way to vocalize themselves. I have a lot of friends who work in the service industry, mm-hmm. meaning waitresses, waiters, busboys, um, you know, the guys in the back of the um store who are the butchers who cut the meat, different people who have been laid off because these stores have shutters on them. So I've seen that being an issue, and because of that, these people having really nothing else to do except sit and smoke at home, they started to come together and protesting and rioting. And I believe that some of the riots, uh, not riots, some of the protests are um, are well-founded, but most of them are not, and um, they have nothing else to do. Simply because the biggest effect of this corona epidemic has been unemployment. Yeah. As the United States has gone from about 5 million unemployed to the last statistics I saw were about, it was about 38 million finally something, and it filed uh, totally. But, um, you know, records are set almost every single week. So that's the biggest issue in taking away a lot of jobs from the service industries which are needed to make this country function. That's the biggest effect outside of, obviously, the illnesses, death, and over, overwhelming of the healthcare system. Yeah. And I feel that um, a good way 
two countdowns this, you can't do it immediately. But in the fact that there are so many jobs, you'd be surprised because I also work as, um, I have an LLC and I work as a New York State contractor. There are so many different jobs that people can do, maybe not in New York City proper, mm-hmm. but just right upstate where these unemployed people will be able to maintain gainful employment in a safe environment. It would just be a little bit out of New York City, but if they can commute there, then they would be able to gain their employment. And doing that gradually would allow a lot more of these people to go to work, sustain, help themselves, help um, support their families, and hopefully um, prosper. Yeah. That That's just my small-term solution. Aside from that, I don't have any great philosophical. Experience. Yeah. Well, I think that, that option is certainly available for people who are young and single, but if you think about single yeah. mothers who have, you know, who have been, managed to find a job near them where they can still, you know, take care of their children and then work full time, um, that's right. really hard to do if you have to get on a you know, and then commute like, you know, two or three hours and, oh. you know. Well, I so. mean, can I bring up a, 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 a quick point, sir? It mm-hmm. was that um, my brother-in-law, Hal Snar, he wrote a great paper and it was about actually um, single mothers who were dealing with economic downturns. Mm-hmm. Now, he's from a smaller region. He's from the, uh, of, of, of the west coast of the United States, from Idaho. Mm-hmm. But um, he pretty much was educated in Washington State and kind of along in California. And um, he stated that, um, you know, people in that respect, he said, well, if they can't find a job, they'll move. And I said, that's unrealistic because what people would choose something more practical and maybe doing something that society shuns um, resorting to um, nefarious activities. But I also stated that um, the effect of this on single mothers and, you know, different people in that type of um, situation Mm -hmm. is one of the underlying things that does make New York great in the fact that we do have the social safety net and the fact that, you know, we prefer not to see uh, people, you know, starve to death in the streets. We prefer to see them you know, housed and hospitalized and well taken care of, the people do carry, I believe, at least half the responsibility to report themselves if they're in these dire straits and in these uh, situations. But New York has an amazing social safety net. It's probably one of um, my favorite aspects of it. So other states, um, I would hate to say this, but whenever they talk about economic, they would say we should adopt the Sweden or the Finland model or the mm-hmm. Scandinavian model. And those are all great models. And it, it, regardless of whether people think um, Denmark is socialist or not, they lowered their tax rate from 64% to 39%. So they're mm-hmm. doing pretty okay in my book. Um, but, you know, there are those models. And there's also, like, other states that I think maybe have a staunch model. If they're seeing this as an epidemic, maybe they should start to take some of those small provisions from the New York State model of building a little bit of a social safety net. Because aside from that, we would just be talking about this issue endlessly. You know, yeah, to do something yeah. for these people in order to make sure that they at least have a place where they could gather their thoughts for a week. So that way they could fixate a plan and go out and achieve it. Runner. Good. Well put. Um, we're kind of coming up toward the end of the, uh, of the discussion here. I'd like to, uh, try to steer people to um, to your website or whatever uh, areas that, oh, okay. that you have online um, that could help people uh, help you or people get involved yeah. in what you're doing. Oh, well, let me see. Okay, so, um, well, obviously, I'm, I'm featured on the Alliance Party 
uh, .org's website. Um, I'm also a member of the um, Brooklyn Republican Party, um, which is also featured online. I'm not a Republican or anything. I'm an Alliance Party member so that those folks have more conservative groups. Mind, mind you, uh, the majority of the members of the Brooklyn Republican Party are African-American, despite what most mm. people might think. So, you know, these are just funny things that, you know, I'm, I have a bunch of them. But um, uh, that group, and um, I, 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 we actually have a, a press kit and a press release, and I feel really bad of not being able to give people any more information. Um, they can contact me at my... Um, email address. Again, uh, we have a lot of information. Um, I've been doing things back and forth. I would love for people to be able to get into uh, contact with me. You have those two initial contacts. Please, um, have anybody who wants to initially contact me, uh, contact me through the Alliance Party's website, okay. and then I'll be able to, yeah, to speak to them and, you know, um, or, or at least text or communicate with them. So that way, um, any other type of further goings um, there are other websites and things of the sort that I can give to them. With everything being um, put on hold, we had a, we had a website coming up, and I would, and I know it gave me the perfect introduction. It was almost like almost like you were Ed McMahon, and I was Johnny Carson, and I kind of dropped the ball. But <laughs> we have a website coming up. Don't okay. worry, <laughs> don't worry, Johnny. Don't worry. <laughs> you know we have a website uh, coming up. It will be displayed soon, probably yeah. within the next two or three weeks. And um, any other information, they can please contact me through the Alliance Party dot um, the Alliance Party website. And um, yeah, sure. The uh, so the Alliance Party uh, website is is uh, of course www dot the Alliance Party. That's T H E the Alliance Party, all one word, no hyphens, no underspaces, or no underscores. Uh, theallianceparty.com, and uh, you are listed on the candidates page. Yeah, so as soon yeah. as you get a, in fact, you're at the top I'm of the candidates page. Right yeah, so you're mm-hmm. uh, you're at the very top there. I got your, your. Uh, uh, thank you. You're not really <laughs> smiling there. I was kind of hoping I'd see you smiling, but uh, normal. Well, okay, fine. Normal you picture of you there, know, but. Okay. Uh, how, we, about, how, how about a, how about a little how about a little funny story since we're in the minute? Sure. You know, I got, okay, so I had to walk to Avenue J, right? At first I had my, my mother take the pictures, right? And then I sent it to Tim, uh, Mr. Tim Cotton. And he was saying, yeah, it's kind of blurry. It's kind of blurry. And I looked at it and I was like, it's kind of blurry. So I had to go to this place and I said, I'm going to get it professionally done. So, you know, I was wearing all black and things of the sort mm-hmm. because, well, you know, I, I wasn't really going to wear a tuxedo there. So it's Avenue J. It's primarily an Orthodox Hasidic Jewish neighborhood, but the people are wonderful, loving, mm-hmm. blessed people. God bless them. And, I went to this really nice um, store, and he just tells me to sit there, and you know, and so I'm sitting, and I'm trying to get comfortable with my seat, and you mm-hmm. probably see that on my face, and he and he snaps three pictures while mm-hmm. I'm trying to get comfortable in my seat, and then the fourth <laughs> one, I smile. Well, they and the only three that I get are the ones that are like me, you know, trying to. You know, oh, okay. Well, I think if you just uh, get a new picture and send it off to Tim, I'm sure he'd be happy to put that up there. But uh, it's a it's a good picture. It's just you're not smiling, so that's uh, otherwise it's good. But uh, I would love that. when you get to your 
when you get your website up and running, um, yeah, as we've done with other candidates, we'll just put a link to it right there on the on the Alliance. Oh, great! Page. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so yeah. Much. Well, you have to work that out okay. through Tim. He actually runs the website, but I'm sure he'll be cool. happy to put that there for you. We got, uh, in fact, right next to you is a guy named Steve Kuzmich who's running for the uh, Texas uh, Congressional District oh, okay. 24, and he's got oh, his uh, he's got his link up there as well. So, yeah, yeah. we had him on the show oh, here uh, some time ago. Oh, okay. Well, um, if you can send me the link, I'd love to listen to that. I really want to communicate with sure. my fellow delegates from the Alliance Party to see, you know, hey, let's, you know, let's go together. Yeah, yeah. Always, Steve is a very, uh, very uh, impressive uh, individual as well, and and uh, you'll, I, I've learned a lot by talking with him. Yeah, we had an interview with him. Uh, it was earlier this year. Let me see if I can go through the uh, through the um, through the okay. calendar here. I guess okay. uh, we've had uh, quite I'll a few interviews here with lots of people, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't remember exactly when it was, but it was earlier this year anyway. Uh, was it January, February? Do you remember the month? Uh, let me see. I'm just sort of scanning for his name. We've been recording on this website, or on the, we've been doing the podcast since last October, okay. and I seem to remember him coming up earlier this year. Um Okay, so yeah. the, the, well, well, that's good. Well, for me, you've given me a slate, so yeah. it has to be yeah. sometime in the previous six months. Yeah, uh, yeah, not twelve months. Right? At least it's not twelve. So at least you cut it in half. Yeah, yeah, I've I've cut down your yeah, search cool. in half. Well, they're all they're all listed here in in, in uh, reverse chronological order. So we have uh, quite a few um, quite a few candidates already interviewed here. And uh, oh, here it is. He's oh, uh, February second. I mean, we have some amazing people. I mean, I, I just really, I, I, it's a pleasure. And thank you guys for allowing me to be in the company of you guys because you guys uh, are really doing something revolutionary. I, I feel the same way. I, I get to talk to all the people in the Alliance Party uh, quite often, actually. And sometimes I think I'm bugging them too much, but it's, uh, it's a <laughs> wonderful group of people and uh, very no, motivated. No, no, no. I mean, you're a perfect interviewer. You're by far uh, the best I've ever experienced. And yeah. I'm trying to back, but I had to do interviews Two other people for two different reasons this uh, this previous week, and none of them were as prepared or as pleasant as you were. Sir. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'd have to I'd have to argue with with, with the prepared part of it though, because I really didn't have a lot of time to prepare. <laughs> no, you got everything. We just decided prepared. yesterday. Yeah, my my computer is old. My computer is old. We could have done Zoom. People uh, could have seen my pretty face uh, and whatnot. But you know, I mean, so be it. I'll have to wait for that. Plus, like, I get time to get a haircut. <laughs> Well, I have a COVID haircut myself, and my wife just took the, uh, <laughs> couldn't go to the hairstylist, so think, she just I took think, the I think we all do, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh, yeah. But uh, no, Steve, oh. Kuz- Steve Kuzmich was on the air here on February 2nd. Uh, okay. That was, Steve, yeah. Okay, February 2nd. Yeah. Steve, Steve Kuzmich. Steve Kuzmich. K-U-Z-M-I-C-H. Uh, K-U-Z-M-I-C-H. Yeah. That was a great interview. Really enjoyed talking with him. Okay. Um, okay. Well, uh, is it uh, anything else you want to? Any words of wisdom you want to leave with us before we uh, take oh. off? Oh, sure. Why not? Just give me that. Okay. So, please, American public, vote for the Alliance Party. We are the only political party I feel that actually has a vision and a goal for the United States going forward in the future that involves peace and inclusiveness of all people. And you know, we are about um, spreading the message, spreading the words, knowledge, intellect, and economic prosperity for all. So I would hope
hope that people support our political party because I certainly do. Wonderful. Well put. Thanks. And again, we've been talking with uh, Mr. Jeffrey Jean, who's running for the Jeff Jean. Yeah, Jeffrey Allen Jean. Jeffrey Allen Jean. Hi guys. Forty fourth yes, district of uh, New York. Forty fourth yes. assembly district, I should say. Right yes. Off. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us this this evening, uh, Jeffrey, and um, we uh, hope to uh, we hope you're successful in your in your endeavors and in your candidacy, and we um, we I hope to personally hope to touch base with you again very soon. Uh, I hope to as well. Thank you guys for having with me for having me, and um, I look forward to speaking to you all very soon as well. You guys have a blessed day. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Remember, we're gonna make it through this. We're all together. God bless all of us and all of you. Thank you for tuning in to the Alliance Party After Dark podcast. Please consider subscribing to this podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. Each week we'll bring you interesting topics from the Alliance Party. You may subscribe on iTunes, Google, or Spotify. Also, keep in mind that the podcast has a Twitter page at Alliance On Air. All content for this podcast is copyright the Alliance Party. Views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Alliance Party. This podcast is a production of the Alliance Party, a decades-long movement of fiscally conservative, moderate, accountable, and reasoned independents, former Democrats, former Republicans, and alienated voters who demand that our elected officials work in the spirit of nonpartisanship for all constituents and provide a better future for our country. This podcast was made possible by your donations to the Alliance Party. If you'd like to join the Alliance Party, visit our website at theallianceparty.com. Drop in, see what we're all about, and get involved. Volunteer your time, make a donation, submit an article or blog, or run for office. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Dan Schaefer, producer of the Alliance Party After Dark, and on behalf of everyone at the Alliance Party, have a wonderful evening, a great week ahead, and we hope you drop in for our next show. Be safe, be aware, and please take care of yourself and those around you.